Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks on this 126 podcast. And man, there's a lot going on. I love the book of Philippians. I love where we're going with it. I love the direction. I can't believe we're coming to the end of this, Stephanie. So how are you tonight? Doug, I'm rejoicing in the Lord. And you know what? She's rejoiced in the Lord, I think, 14 times during the Philippian podcast. And I'm pretty happy about that. And uh, as you know, we've entitled this study joy from jail and uh, when God you know when God inspires his word it doesn't matter where you are God can use you anywhere you know that Stephanie that's right so there's some stuff going on around here we need to come clean with you folks right away all right so uh, we're actually taping it we're within six feet of Stephanie's boys there's the the three oldest boys so knucklehead one two and three are real close to us here on couches and chairs Uh, Debbie's about 20 feet from us downstairs not even She's right below our floor here. We ate so much food tonight. So, Stephanie, what did you cook for supper tonight? Uh, We did marinated chicken. Praise God. And rice and sautéed squash, cucumber salad. Man. And then asparagus wrapped in bacon. All right, folks, we weren't trying to make your mouth water or anything. Oh, plus the triple chocolate brownies. Which is right with God. You don't, is it a brownie? Is it a candy bar, the best you ever had? Is it, is it Memorex? I don't know. But here's the important thing. We're back to the Word of God right now. And you know what? This is so significant of a study because so many of us get caught in the wiles and the craziness of the devil and in the things of this world. So many of us are, are hung up. And, uh, and, and here's Paul. He's in jail. He's, he's basically chained to another human being. That human being's deciding his future, deciding what goes on that day. He's in Caesar's kingdom. He's in a bit. They've arrested him, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Things are upside down. And here we are. We're reading all these different things. He, he starts off in chapter one. I think he feels completely different by the end of this book. But in chapter one, he's saying to die is gain. He said, you know, maybe I'll die. You know, he has perfect confidence. All those things are going on. And, and uh, he's talking about the possibility of death. We, we go through all kinds of gyrations. He's talking about other people. He's, he's talking about us humans having vile bodies. He's talking about people that can't be trusted. He's equating people who are upside down, whose lives are in bad places. He's equating them to dogs. He's equating, uh, he's equating, and all of a sudden we end up in chapter four. And he's back down to earth. He left heaven in chapter 3. Talked an awful lot about heaven. And I, I don't know about you, Stephanie, but I'm thankful that we got a heaven. That's right. I'm thankful that, uh, uh, you know, we have friends and relatives and loved ones in heaven. And, and uh, friends, if you're listening to us today and you don't get this heaven thing worked out, hey, at the end, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But we, we wanted to come to you with this 126 podcast And uh, we want to talk about God supplying our need and your need and his riches through Christ Jesus. And we we covered a lot of verses. I'm going to read these verses through 18 through 23. This is going to wrap up the Joy from Jail series. But I want to talk about them a little bit with our dear friend Stephanie here. But I have all in abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you in odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable well-pleasing to God. But my God 
I love that. But my God, it's personal. It's your God too, folks. He's not stealing them from you. That's our God. Every day, take some time and say, but my God, because he is your God, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. And he, he said, hey, put the word out. We, we're saved. There's something good going on here. Salute my brethren. And there at the Church of Philippi, salute every one of them uh, in Christ Jesus. You know, and, and uh, Christ Jesus, man, there's no higher name. There's no better place to be. Uh, Christ is the one who saves us. Christ is the one our joy comes from. And, and I mean, Paul's made that abundantly clear throughout this book of Philippians. And then he said, the brethren which are with me greet you. Now, Stephanie, when I get to that, and we're going to talk about this verse in a minute, but I'm blown away. He's got brethren with him now. I think the guy chained to him is brethren. Mm -hmm. I think people are getting saved there in the palace. Yeah. And he says, all the saints salute you. Chiefly, they are of Caesar's household. And uh, can you imagine that? And it says, the grace of our Lord Christ be with you all. Amen. So there's a lot going on here, but we start off and let's look at that first verse, Stephanie. It says, but I have all and abound. I'm full. How do you have all and abound and be full? Epaphroditus brought the stuff that was sent to you. How do you get there when you're in jail? How's that happening? What's going on here? Well, I think, you know, he's talked earlier about the fact that he's content. He's learned to be content in whatever state he's in. And I think Paul's saying, I have everything I need. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's, I think, because he is seeing, he's having his needs met and he's seeing God work. And, you know, he talks there about the fact that Epaphroditus has brought him it sounds to me like this church had supplied his needs. God had used this church to supply his needs. Wow. And I love the way that Paul refers to that, you know, those things they sent or whatever that they had sent to him that were things they needed. He he kind of talks about them as if it's incense to God, as if oh, it's a I know. You know, an odor of a sweet smell. In other words, that was it was a beautiful you know, precious thing to God. That's a really and, and, and ointment in those days, as we remember our Lord with his, mm -hmm. his feet being rubbed with that wonderful ointment, extremely expensive, extremely rare. It was something that everybody wanted. I mean, they used it for soaps. They, they used it for rubs. They used it for all these things. And here he is bringing that back up again, you mm -hmm. know, and saying, what you guys have done for me is an odor of a sweet smell. And then he said, a sacrifice acceptable. Boy, the Bible is filled with sacrifice. And he's saying this one's acceptable and it's well-pleasing to God. So, I mean, you've been at the other end of those types of things and I've been at the other end and so many people listening have been at the other end uh, of receiving, you know, these things that people send us, these offerings, these these things of an odor of a sweet smell. And What does that feel like when you're on the other end of that? On the receiving end, it's a very humbling thing. But it's also a way that God uses for me to build my faith, to remind me that his promises yeah. are true and that he has promised to meet my needs. He has promised to provide. And, you know, this church at Philippi is an example of a group of believers that was in tune with the Lord. Exactly. And they were willing to sacrifice and give what they needed to give Yeah. so that Paul would have what he needed. Wow. And, you know, going back to that verse 17, not because I desire a gift but because I desire fruit. So we got to remember in context, 
Paul's telling them, listen, I'm not desiring uh, a gift here, even though it's awesome to get it and I appreciate it and it's great. But my heart, you know, what do you say? My heart prayer, my heart praise. His heart's desire. My heart's desire is that uh, that you guys, uh, you know, have this stuff abound into your account. And, and folks, we got to remember that when we give to God, no matter who we give it to, one of God's people, God's laborers, those people make it a difference. When we give that gift, when we trust God with that, when we send a missionary out, when we do those things, something's abound into our accounts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I mean, I've always been moved by that. I've always been struck uh, by this idea that God knows exactly what's going on. God can keep accounting. God knows what's going on. There's different things happening here. And uh, I, I think, friends, if we get something out of uh, verse 18, we got to go back to 17 and realize that, uh, man, this, this is abounding to their account. So in context, in context, uh, the apostle inspired by God is saying, man, what you did was great. It's got an odor of a sweet smell. It doesn't smell, it doesn't get better than a sweet smell of incense that was more so expensive, that was so upside down. It's, it's a sacrifice that's acceptable. But most important, I think of those last three words. Mm-hmm. Well-pleasing being one word here in the Bible to God. Mm-hmm. Wow. Talk about that. Well-pleasing well, I, to God. I think that's that idea of it's, it's not just acceptable. It brings joy and pleasure to God's heart. And... You know, we think of what the mind of Christ was that's talked about in chapter two of giving of yourself, of investing, of being willing to, you know, make yourself a servant. All of those things play into this, that these people not only prayed for Paul, that they they gave of themselves. You know, we're not talking, I'm sure this church wasn't all people that were wealthy. You know, we're talking people that I'm sure ranged like most churches would. And I have a feeling there was people that were sacrificing greatly for us. You know, we think about it, this book, we still reap so many blessings from the book of the Philippians. And that's in part to this church and what they had sacrificed for Paul. Exactly. And, you know, we, in a sense, are even fruit that is abounding to this church's account and the impact that you can have on more people than you can even begin to comprehend when you're willing to give of yourself. And, and, and that's what's well-pleasing yeah. to God. And I think that's hitting the nail right on the head here. I think that, uh, you know, understanding that, you know, this is complex. The Word of God and serving God, it, it, you know, it's simple, but at the same time, there's complexity to it. And the complexity is that even when you give, it's on God's radar. Mm-hmm. It's about that heart. It's wanting things to abound to the account. And then I love... Verse 19, and verse 19 says so much in one sentence here. It says, but my God shall, uh, shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, here's a living example. I'm in jail. I'm, I'm chained to somebody. I, I, you know, I can't eat without people feeding me. I, I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and here he is, but he's saying, you know what? Uh, through these four chapters, through this period of time, through my second imprisonment there at Rome, through those things, here I am, and, uh, and and I want you to know that there's people looking at each other around. It kind of freaks me out when that happens. And, <laughs> you know, we're, we're so used to talking on the phone that I'm sitting on a recliner somewhere by myself, but God has providentially brought us to the same place for this. So as I saw the boy's head flipping around, can't believe that I'm just 
talking randomly on a microphone here, but here's what's going on. It says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And, and uh, uh, you know, you're handcuffed, you're shackled, you're, you're chained. Uh, man, you were in bond. You were you were in you were bound up. You were in uh, uh, what am I saying? Shackles. You were uh, you were in, in a terrible place in Africa, trying to get out and and uh, uh, and those things. And and but God supplied all your need. Yeah. He supplied all your need. And I yeah. I've been blown away by the different people and the different people involved in that and. And, uh, you know, Samaritan's Purse with airplane tickets and, and all those people. And, uh, and I think it's important that we shout out those to these people and say, thank you. Yes. And, well, uh, God, God had angels. When you talk, talk about a need, you know, we, in America, we're often, we are very quick to make wants needs. Yeah. Uh, myself included. And um, when Charles was killed, we were put in a position where what were needs became very stark. You know, there yeah. was a very clear black and white. And I think of right off the bat, um, the day that, you know, within minutes of after we had been told that he was dead and, um, you know, being put in a side room with the Cameron, Cameronian military commander. And um, we had a lot of needs at that point. And one of those being, um, you know, we were in hospital we couldn't get back to the village. We couldn't do anything. And God provided people from the Doctors Without Borders yeah. that were like angels that met needs. They met physical needs. They met emotional needs. They met medical needs with medicine that I needed. And they were they were just angels. And just for, so right off the bat, Later, when, when Ben and Charles and I would talk, we were like, God had people in place. He had, yeah. you know, things all lined up along the way. And Isn't it just like God? How does that old hymn? Isn't it just like God? How does that go? Um, you think it's just like his great love? Yeah. You want me to sing that? I think you got to at least speak I, I, a verse I've of it. Gotta, I've got a brain block going on. Man, this, hey, this has never happened but before. But his eye Brian. is on the sparrow. Oh, so you that know that song. Go. His eye is on the sparrow. But you, you know what? There's something going on here. And, and this is what I want to talk about. This is in a real godly nature. Uh, and I think the apostle uh, inspired by God is leading us to an awesome place. And, and the awesome place is... Even in my bad cell, even in my worst estate, even in my second imprisonment in Rome, even without knowing what's going to happen to me, my God can supply all my needs. And you've been to that place. I jokingly call, uh, I, I do, and I probably shouldn't say this until we get to the Job study, but I jokingly call Stephanie Jobline, uh, just add a L-E-E-N because uh, of all the things she's been through, but you know what? No matter, she was there, man. You're in Cameroon. You got eight kids. There's people shooting at you. Life's upside down, but God supplied all your need. And But then in 20, I think you you can be very intimately familiar with verse 20 there. Now, unto God and the Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. I mean, is that how you left Cameroon? Yeah. Is that how you are today? By God's grace. Yeah. <laughs> And friends, there's the tough one right there. That, that's the hard place to be right here is by God's grace. Am I in that place where I'm going around saying, now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. 
And uh, that's a big place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think coming to that place for me includes going back to what Jesus said in the garden where he said, not my will, but thine be done. And that's when, even if you're saying it with absolutely no feelings attached, you know, where it's emotionally feels like you're in a completely different place, verbalizing that and saying, God, you know, this is my heart cry, even if I don't feel very surrendered at the moment and I'm struggling. And when you come to the point of saying, God, it's all about you getting the glory there's peace that comes with that and a smile and knowing that God's in control even when you feel like and friends that you're at the bottom. You know, throughout this whole thing is this idea of attitude. Throughout this whole uh, this whole book is this idea of of you know, how can we have the right attitude? How can we make a difference? How can we uh, give, you know, God and our Father glory forever and ever? How can we be that person? And that's the person we want to be. That's the person we've got to be. That's the person uh, that I, listen, folks, and, and I've said this, and we've heard Stephanie say, it, God will save you right where you're at, but he's not going to leave you there. And our responsibility is to gra- grab a hold of these concepts or, or these commands that God has given us here in the book of Philippians and, and to run with them, to have joy from jail, to have joy in bonds, to have joy in all these bad places. Then it says, salute every state in Christ Jesus, the brethren which are with me greet you. And, and, and you know what? We forget sometimes uh, there, there's a body of believers. There's a body of Christ out there. And, uh, and these, all, these all folks were churches that Paul planted. Uh, uh, and, and these were believers. And he's telling them, you know, this is his church that he started. Mm-hmm. And, and he's saying, salute them. And there's new people. He knows that. He, he knows that. And uh, uh, salute every saint in Christ Jesus, the brethren, uh, which are with me, greet you. And, and you know, uh, Christianity's growing a couple thousand years ago. It's taken off. People in Philippi are being talked about. Paul's leading people to the Lord there in Rome in jail. And then in 22, it says, all saints salute you, chiefly they that are in Caesar's household. He's being clear. He's, you know what he's letting them know? People are getting saved here. Yep. You know, people are getting saved here. There's some things going on. And then that last verse, and I want to give you a few minutes because I've been talky and you haven't. And uh, I've, I, sometimes I'm a little more talky than her. Sometimes she's a little more talky than me. So uh, <laughs> uh, doing a little more talking. But the grace of our Lord Christ Jesus be with you all. Amen. And that's our prayer. You know, we got to carry God's grace. What does God's grace look like in a believer, Stephanie? Well, I think it depends on the believer as far as how specific it can get. But I think for every believer, God's grace, you know, this whole concept behind this book has been joy in the midst of trials, joy in the midst of suffering. And God's grace is the key to to unlocking that joy. And Paul, Paul used this phrase a lot with the end of his epistles was the, you know, the grace... And that grace is promised to us. Yeah. And that all-sufficient grace that's there in our weakness, the subject of grace is just a powerful... Actually, I think you have a song. I think there's maybe a song coming on the grace on the grace front. Folks, but, uh, you've heard it here first. The next <laughs> album will have a grace song. But um, we can't live without God's grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. And... God's grace is what gets us through every day. It is. And um, 
It's yeah. sufficient in our weakness. It's there when we can't do something. It's there to get us through and give us the strength we need and to give us the joy, to give us the peace and um, yeah. And so that powerful old, thing. So that old acronym, uh, God's riches at Christ's expense, and and uh, you know when talking about grace. But I think you know that's just an easy way to teach a. Uh, you know, a primary class, uh, but God's grace, folks, it's like, you know, to understand God's grace is like trap, you know, who is it they used to say? I think Harold Seitler. I, I never saw the guy in person, but I heard a message preached by him about 10 or 15 years ago, and he said, God's grace, understanding God's grace is like trying to wrap your arms around a mountain. Mm. It's bigger than we can understand, and, and, and here we are, with, you know, God's grace is in the book of Philippians. Folks, uh, you know, understand Philippians, study Philippians, make Philippians uh, part of your life. You know, take some of these verses. I mean, if Stephanie can memorize this as a high school senior. Now, it was probably easier to memorize this before, uh, you know, she got married and had to deal with a husband and then eight knuckleheads. Have you, have you memorized the book of the Bible since you got married? Charles and I actually memorized Colossians. You know, this is out of hand, man. I was, <laughs> I was trying to make a point here, folks. And, and she just went ahead and stole that from me. And uh, as I was trying to say, it's impossible with eight knuckleheads. I and, didn't have eight. I think I had four, three or four. So it's still impossible with eight knuckleheads. Well, I want you to memorize the book of Revelation before we do another uh-huh. uh, another podcast. Is, is that yeah. possible? No. Uh, okay. No. So the, what's the next book we memorize? Uh, Third Timothy? Uh, <laughs> folks, there's no Third Timothy. But how about, how about Third John? Third John. I did. You're going to hate me. Yeah. I did for second, third John in school too. Okay, friends. So (laughs) for those of us who are normal and uh, have normal sized pea brains (laughs) or don't spend and don't spend all our time. But, you know, I feel so inadequate, right? And this podcast is not supposed to do that, my friends. And I want to come to you and firsthand apologize. I, I led you into a bad place with this podcast. (laughs) I was thinking we were going to find some kind of flaw, some weakness there about oh, memorizing there's a, scripture. there's a lot of weakness in me. Trust me. There's a lot of weakness in her. And, you know, we didn't see it in tonight's chow. And uh, she cooked a meal for the generations. But anyway, here's the important thing. Here we are. We're sitting here. We're closing out the joyful book, uh, uh, Joy from Jail. And, uh, man, we've been there, haven't we? We start off. We're talking about dying. We're talking about what's going on at jail. We get to the second chapter. And man, the second chapter. The mind chapter, of Christ. Oh, man. Yeah. And having that mind that is in you and just freaking you out. And, and then you come out of that. And, you, and you, you know what? God's word is so complex yet so simple when the Holy Spirit helps you understand that. But then I got to chapter three and started talking about heaven. And I'm telling you, the entire book changed when we started talking about heaven. To me, it was all great. Every word's great. Every word's inspired. Every word's been saved for us. Every word's making a difference with us. But here we are. We're back down on earth and even back down on earth, back down in jail, folks, back in the worst place we can be. You know, we're locked up. We're we're hooked to somebody. And uh, he's talking about this gift that was sent to him and the difference it made in his life. So friends, if you want to live a life that's filled with victory, if you want to live a life that's filled with joy, 
I mean, you need to be that person that esteems others greater than yourself. You need to be that person that never forgets the gifts you have. You need to be that person that can look across the dinner table and be so happy for the family or the people that God has put in your life. You need to be that person that most of all, most of all, get this. Understand that the grace of God is all you need. Any last words you want to say, Stephanie? Well, I just was looking here at the book and... Um... The couple verses of the book that will always stand out to me as powerful and that sum up the book t- to me um, are Philippians 3, 8 through 10. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And just that constant, if we can keep before us, that the joy of Christ gives us his grace, his joy gives us strength that we can be found in him. How does that song go? That I may know him. I can't sing, folks. But... uh... I want you to know. Isn't there a song like that? There is. And how does it go? Really? Okay, folks. What I wanted to do <sighs> okay. is I wanted to find that fault. Yeah, I'll we couldn't sing. find it in the scripture. You we, really want me to sing a song? Well, I mean, we're running okay. kind of late on this, but throw us a verse. I'll just do the chorus. That I may know him who gave his life for me. My Abba Father, my King forever will be, that I may know Him in whole, not in part. This is the deepest desire of my heart. Whoa. Folks, thank you so much for taking this journey with us. Thank you so much for being in the book of Philippians with us. Find that joy. Find that joy that only God can give. Find that joy that you can find in jail when you got the grace of God with you. Find that joy that comes with an attitude. Take that attitude and make a difference in this world. Hey, folks, we love you. We're honored to be able to come into your earways. We're honored to be able to spend this time with you. Uh, we, you just been a great blessing to us during this podcast. And uh, we look forward to talking to you all real soon. Pray for us. We'll pray for you. And we'll talk tomorrow. Have a great day. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.